This is the Wickham Festival podcast, the second of two special editions featuring interviews from the 2014 festival. In this episode, we will be hearing from Altan, Bellowhead, Hazel O'Connor and Hugh Cornwall. But first up is John Jones of the Oyster Band. Okay, I'm with uh, John Jones, the lead singer of the Oyster Band, and also John Jones of the Reluctant Ramblers. How did that come about? Um, How reluctant are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm very keen. Uh, I'm more impressed by the others that come, you know, come along with me. About five years ago, I just had this idea, you know, instead of just being on a tour bus, of walking to venues. And it doesn't matter what it is, pub, church, hall, any kind of village hall. So I started it in different parts of the country and uh, managed to get people to walk with me. And last year I walked South Downs. Very nice. Dropped in here for the, uh, the excellent Pete Chagwin, did a gig in Wickham, and he said, So why don't you walk to the festival? I like the Oyster Band, and why don't walk and start it? So that's what we did. So the Oyster Band weren't keen to walk to the festival then? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they leave that to me. <laughs> so how, how was the walk? It was from the source of the, the S- Meon? Source of the River Meon, yeah. and that's like, like an iconic Hampshire trout stream, you probably know, and. Uh, yeah, it's just a really, really beautiful empty area of Downs. You know, we're surrounded by people, Southampton, Portsmouth, and places in near, you know, um, Winchester. But there's a, just a fantastic, if you like chalk, downland, um, beautiful time of year to walk as well. Good. So, uh, and how was the, the first set that you did? Obviously, you're doing two over the course of the weekend. It was really good. Quite literally, we, we walked in. You know, muddy boots yeah. and wet and whatever, and we went straight on stage and opened the festival. It was, it was a great opening. Great. Yeah, thank opening. you. Thank yeah. you. It was, we enjoyed it a great deal. It was just, you know, it's, we're always relaxed with the Ramblers, and it was fun. And it's great to have other people like Boff, Wally from, you know, Chumbawamba, and, and uh, Rowan Goodell singing with me, and Lindsay Oliver playing bass. So it's a collection of people. You know. And how different is it for you having the, the, the two bands? It's very different. I mean, is you know the, the the bread and butter, and the main thing obviously is the Oyster Band, and we have a, you know a new album out, Diamonds on the Water, and we have, in a sense, a, a new lineup. We have a new cello cello player with us. That's the serious business. You know that that is what I do. That's what tours all over the world, um, and I enjoy that a great deal. I enjoy both aspects of it. That's a more um, bigger sound, you know, a, a more, in a sense, that always needs a very um, careful approach, thinking through and planning and whatever. But the, the Ramblers is just, a, you know, it's just fun, it's just, just informal, yeah. you know. And obviously, you, you must love Wickham because you've been here a few times now. We're we're very lucky to keep being asked back. Yeah, it's a, it's a great festival. We yeah we we enjoy it a great deal. Looking forward to tonight. It's quite a special atmosphere, isn't it? It's lovely, absolutely lovely. I'm just telling the others really how friendly it is. It's just and they just they just find find the same. It's great. I'm here with Marie Nee 
Mimi. Yes, very good. Thank you. I'll be practicing that pronunciation all day. <laughs> You're fluent at the Gaelic, I see. <laughs> Your Gaelic roots very important to you, though. Yes, I'm from northwest uh, Donegal in the Gaeltart area there, and that's how I was brought up with using the Gaelic language all the time, and a lot of my songs would be in that language too. So do you speak it fluently? Yes, all the time. Yeah, yeah. So that's your first choice of language, is it? Well, I mean, that's what yeah. I was brought up with, yeah, and I do speak English, as you can see, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can correct me whenever. <laughs> so, yeah. And very much reflected in your songs, though. Yes, and in the local area, but it didn't mean that uh, it was exclusively Gaelic songs. You know, like People did travel and brought back lovely ballads, and some of the child ballads are found around my area as well. So people were, even if they didn't understand what they were singing, they, you know, they sang the Barbara Allens, they sang, you know, uh, the White Cliffs of Dover, <laughs> you know. They brought them all back home and they sang all these lovely songs as well. And has it been difficult to stay true to your roots? Is it Not really, because, you know, music is a, is a process of uh, development all over your life. You know, you start off where you come from, but then what happens is you meet different people along the way and you get tunes from them and songs. So it's, a, it's kind of a, a dynamic thing that's growing all the time. So, uh, for instance, on our latest album, we went to Nashville and... It's not uh, 100 miles away, you know, old-timey music and Irish music and Scottish music and English music. You know, it's rooted in the same thing. And we collaborated with friends like that we've met over, over the last 30 years since we started. So to us it was like, uh, I was looking at it as a kind of a dynamic thing where your music is growing all the time and you're learning different versions of tunes and but it may be from the same source but it, it's like telling another story you know when a story changes you know like the Chinese whisper you know by the end by the time you get to the end of the line it's a new story <laughs> so tunes are like that so the, the new album yes got uh, some pledges, I believe. Yes, we're up 50, to... 50%? We're up to 59 now today. 59%. I'm getting so excited. It's like my baby. I'm telling the boys, <laughs> we have to push it now since we came up. Yes, uh, pledge Must music. the impact of playing Wickham, I think. I think so. I think Wickham has had an awful lot to do with this. Um, no, it's I'm so delighted uh, because like, this is such a new thing. And what's really good about it as well, it makes the artists own their music. Which you know, it's a change and it's a and it it brings the fan base or your friends into it as part of the process. So a lot of people are involved in this process. You know, all right, they're giving you money towards it, but you're you know, there's a, there's a great reaction to it. You know, I, I like this that's so idea. For fans who don't know how it works, do you want to explain uh, how it works and, and how they can contribute? Yes. Well, what you do is you check up pledgemusic.com forward slash projects forward slash Altan or whichever band you want to pledge to then you know the, the most important thing is you get one of the first CDs but it'll be personally signed or a poster and then we have very quirky little things like uh, Donegal pens made these lovely uh, wooden pens with Altan logo on them they're very handmade and all beautiful and then we have the Donegal football jersey so and uh, signed by us and different things like uh, we will play a gig in your front room Fantastic. you know and Indeed. with some people so in America need a, need have been front room. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're very small people <laughs> and we're the little people <laughs> and then um, there's things like uh, our set list signed 
and uh, maybe lyric sheet signed. You should see the way we write the lyric sheets. Sometimes it's <laughs> it's very it's a one off, <laughs> but uh, all of those things are signed, and uh, so people and then people can become executive producers if they want named executive producers and with, a name on with, the album. The, with their name on the album or just their name on the album or we can uh, there's another one you skip, we Skype a song to somebody like they tell us what song and we, we're able to Skype it to them that's fantastic for a certain price of course you have to pay for these things but we are budding artists 30 years later <laughs> <laughs> so what sort of album will it be? it'll be different for Alpan because we have I don't know how many albums we've made now I don't really count them nor do I listen to them <laughs> no I don't I don't I so I think it's about our 20 something album but uh, we knew we we wanted to do something completely different so we wanted to make it more live but but it's not a live album so we went to Nashville to play with these people live because every time we meet them in kind of festivals like this we end up jam session in with them and there's always a great sound you know with the band you know, the five string band you know, and Dobro and all this stuff. So we said, let's let's do it live, you know. And we went there and had all these lovely musicians in joining us: Alison Brown and Stuart Duncan and Arl Danger and Jerry Douglas and you know Kenny Malone and you know just lovely musicians and you know great friends of ours over the years and um, Tim O'Brien. And it was kind of trying to choose who to have and who not to have. <laughs> we wanted to have everybody. And uh, the likes of Mary Chapin Carpenter, we know her for years, and she's going to, she's doing a bit of backing vocals on one of my songs. She's got a lovely voice. Incredible voice. And uh, it was trying to get a song because she's such a deep voice, and I'm a soprano more. And I got a song that was lovely and deep for her. <laughs> and Tim O'Brien and I did a, a lovely version of Gypsy Davy, or it's a version, it's a mixed up version of The House Carpenter and Gypsy Davy. So these things are kind of, it, it, these are old songs that have gone back there and become Americanized in the Appalachian Mountains, but they really originated here, you know. So, like, it's, it's, it's a. Just hands across the water. It's been done loads of times, but this is really different, and we're really, really pleased. But still, the live performances that really drive you on. Yes, it is. Oh yeah, like I mean, that's that's where the passion comes in. You know, you have to make albums, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. And uh, you know, that's a different process completely to playing live and seeing people and react the reaction between the audience and ourselves that's what's really important to me if we were if we didn't do that I wouldn't be able to play music I have to play for people and you know this you know spring joy I hope <laughs> or give give somebody a headache either or <laughs> And I have been very kindly joined by the lovely Hazel O'Connor. Have you uh, been doing a lot of festivals this summer? Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is, I think this is actually the last one of our festivals. Well, we're doing, uh, me and the sax player, Claire Harris, we're doing Henley Rewind tomorrow and then that's it. Mm. End of story for the summer. <laughs> I believe uh, the, the, the three of you uh, that are playing together today have, been, have done, this is... You've got, had a new album out recently, is it? Yeah. And that's the third one you've done as, as, yeah, as a Yeah, Here group? She Comes, it's called. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> no funny comments. <laughs> so this has proved to be quite a uh, sort of profitable uh, partnership between the three of you. Oh, definitely, yeah. We, yeah. we we actually got together five years ago now. No, six, I think. Just when I got news that my mum had a very limited time of life left. She had, right. was diagnosed cancer. 
and it made me think about all the things that you want to do in life and myself I always have things I really want to do musically and Claire Hurst and I we worked in the 80s in a little jazz outfit and uh, now we meet uh, you know years later and I, I phone her and I say do you know I really want to do the jazz thing again because uh, what we do is slightly jazzy but I can do all my old breaking glass songs too so it kind of falls into the the genre really and um, it just made me think you've got to do things you want to do in life because you nobody knows how long we're going to be here and yeah. if you have unfulfilled desires in your heart artistically or I don't know I don't have any other desires these days um, yeah so that's where we started and it was a great starting point because Sarah used to be in Eurythmics Claire used to be in Bell Stars David Bowie so we've got a sort of a pedigree with the three of us and we just go on and do our thing really mm. uh, you mentioned Breaking Glass uh, which of course was kind of your what launched you out into, yeah. into, into the public um, but that, that also came with acting as well. But was it always the music for you that was going was gonna to get you, do you think? Well, it was what I did, and it was great to get an acting job, but I didn't really know what I was doing half the time. Mm. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's a different uh, kind of uh, thing to do altogether. But, I mean, I did acting at school, and uh, when, I start, when I got the part for the film, I started to do a few little lessons. Phil Daniels, my co-star, took me to the Anna Share School, where a lot of... Rose great actors went, people who weren't from privileged homes, but it was in Islington and run by Anna Cher and Tony Cher. And Phil Daniels was one of her pupils, Pauline Quirk. And, uh, and I learned so much from my, co- my co-actors in that film, quickly, very fast. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it was great, but it wouldn't have been my job of choice because I just wanted to be a singer and get me songs heard. So I did get that with Breaking Glass because I got to write songs for the film and... You know, happy days. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and of course, I believe you're uh, coming up for you. You'll you'll be uh, doing some dates uh, with uh, Hugh Cornwall, who is yes, also who's here, here today. today. We're just laughing because he's on after <laughs> us today, and he's on after us tomorrow as well. Oh, right, stalker. <laughs> oh, so where's where's for you tomorrow then? Henley Rewind. Oh yes, of yeah. course, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but the the tour that you're doing together, what does that sort of involve? Uh, well, the three of them, the three lads and us three girls, and I'll be doing my set first because, uh, you know, we haven't got bass and drums in our setup, and then Hugh will do his part, and then we're talking about we will do something together at the very end, all six of us. Oh, excellent. Yeah, yeah great. So that'll be fun. <laughs> and uh, as, 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 you, as the trio that you've got here today, are you planning on doing more uh, new recording with that? Obviously, you've only just had one out. Yeah, we probably will, but it'll be another year or so. Gotta have, um, have time to break. live. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. I'm with uh, Hugh Cornwell. Hello. What can we expect tonight? Uh, a mix of old and new. You know, I've got. Um, I, I tend to play roughly half old Strangler songs because it's such a big catalogue, and you know, I was a writer in it any, anyway. So why not? And. Um, that's and what then, the fans want to hear as well. I yeah, and, um, but I do like to play uh, new material as well, so um, I'm very proud of the new album, Totem and Taboo, so we're playing uh, three or four tracks from, from that. Um, and that's out now, is it? That's out, yeah, that's absolutely out now. Um, and uh, there'll be a few of the uh, well-known songs in there. I mean, most of them will be the well-known ones. Yeah. So, Do you change your set according to where you're playing like for instance for, for festivals do you have a come up with a different set list than if you were playing say 
an ordinary, another, an indoor venue? It could be slightly different. Yeah, it could be slightly different. Um, um, in fact, I'm, I'm do, going out on the road. Actually, we're doing a double header with Hazlow Connor later in the year. So, so this I'm trying. Well, I'm trying out this set to see if it'll work when we play um, the the concert concerts with her. And I think it will. I mean, um, the thing is, there were so many, uh, there were so many well-known hits in the Stranglers catalogue that. Um, all I've got to do is put three or four of those in, and suddenly it becomes a festival set. So, so that my festival sets don't actually differ that much from um, from uh, from a, a, a you know a, a tour tour set. Yeah. So, how's it gone for you since uh, the the break with the Stranglers? Well, it's been up and down. You know, I mean, a lot of uh, a lot of things have um, have happened, and um, I find as time goes on, the very fact that um, like most other people the very fact that you're still out there doing it people are more and more amazed at that and and that lends you a certain credibility and um status uh just because you're actually doing it. it's a bit like artists as well and painters you know if the longer they stay alive and the longer they're doing it suddenly people who overlooked them before go oh my god you know they're still doing it and they re- recognize their talent so so uh, it's a bit like that, and I think everyone uh, from my age, uh, my peer group, uh, everyone who's still going, they've got a newfound respect from uh, from a younger audience who've who've grown into um, discovering this old heritage of music. You know, do you find you're getting a, a new generation of fans then? Yeah, yeah. A lot of people come with their uh, children, and they they and I say, well, how old are you? And they go, I'm 14. I said, well, how do you know out the music? I said, well, my dad's been playing it ever since I've been alive. So, <laughs> so they know it better than the father does, you know. It's slightly odd that in in some ways you're a bit more mainstream the strang the Strangler songs now. In, at a time they were very uh, you know, revolutionary that that whole punk revolution, and now it's a bit more mainstream well I don't know I mean the thing was that there's that's that's yes and no I would say to that because um, they the Stranglers were a pop band rather than a rock band we had a lot of hit singles and the hit singles were good melodies and good tunes so in that way they were sort of mainstream anyway so so we we were trying to subvert the mainstream by by having really catchy songs but with a bit of a an edge a, a bit of an edge you know with the message so, um, so I'd sort of say yes and no to that. But now, probably because it's after the event and uh, and changes in society have happened, um, they're probably looked at um, uh, in a different way now. Especially something like Peaches. Now, when that first came out, that was very, very uh, revolution reaction. There was a, it created a huge reaction anti it. And now, I mean, the, you know, teenage girls of 19 love it. And and you say, well, what? they go, oh, I love that song, Peaches. Like, yeah, yeah, but don't you? Is it an insulting to women? They say, no, it's it's a celebration of women, you know. And and I said, oh, they finally, people have finally got it, you know. <laughs> yeah. I keep hearing punk songs now on adverts. Exactly, you know, it's it's become a um, a, a part of the framework of that that new music is built on, and all the new artists that are coming out, they all uh, they all listen to that when they were. Young kids, you know. And which do you enjoy most personally, the, the music now or how it was in the, you know, when you first hit the scene? Well, I mean, uh, I have to go back to a quote and quote Frank Skinner, who said that uh, quite rightly, he said we are imprisoned in the music we were we we listened to when we were a teenager, 
and we end up listening to it for the rest of our lives and we think it's the best music ever and unfortunately I'm I'm stuck in that so I, but I was lucky I, I grew up uh, you know listening to the who and Beatles, Stones, and uh, uh, great and uh, West Coast music, The Doors, and all this. So, so to me, that's the best music's ever, you know. And, um, and same with everybody else, with, with whatever they grew up with. Okay, I'm here with uh, Sam Sweeney and John Smyers of Bellowhead. Welcome to Wickham, or welcome back to Wickham, I should say, because you've you've been here a few times. Quite a few times, yeah, it's always really lovely to come back, great crowd, great gig, and it's kind of exciting for us. At the moment, because we're on a little 11-day tour and we're playing loads of the new album, um, so we're actually really looking forward to playing loads of the new material in front of the crowd tonight. Yeah. So how difficult is it to choose what material you play, whether you go for the old favourites or whether you go for the new material? Well, at the moment it's sort of a happy mixture, isn't it? We're, we're sort of... We're trying to recraft the end of the gig a little bit, so um, so we're putting some new stuff towards the end. But then, of course, we're doing the, you know, we're doing the favourites, building New York Girls and, and and London Town and that kind of thing. Um, but we really want to get audiences um, going with the new stuff and, and and try and get a fantastic sort of live reaction to the new album stuff. So that's what we're doing on this tour. We're phasing it in. And how's the new album been received, John? It's gone really well. Yeah, it's um, it was released back in June and. Uh, I haven't got the exact sales figures, but I understand it's doing quite well. <laughs> Getting a bit of airplay as well. Yeah, we've been very well supported by Radio 2, and I've heard it on a couple of local BBC radio stations and things like that as well. So, yeah, it's nice, nice to be heard by people who haven't heard of us. And, of course, the new, uh, the, the first single was Gosport Ladies. Of course, yeah. And did we saw yeah. the thing on the, on the BBC the other day that Gosport Ladies is the highest-selling single in Gosport of all time. Number one Gosport, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, what a great epitaph that will be when you, when you finally hang up your guitars. Yeah. Best-selling single ever in gospel. Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, is the is the new album a, a, a different style, or a, de- a departure, or is it much the same? Uh, well, I mean, material-wise, it's it's it, it, it's very similar. So most of the stuff is mm-hmm. is old English traditional material. Uh, of course, there is one cover on there. Uh, we just signed to Ireland, and we thought we should sort of pay homage to their sort of great folk history. So we put a Richard Thompson <laughs> cover on the album, which is uh, which is really great. We did. Um, I want to see the bright lights tonight. Um, so we put that on there. But um, we worked with a fantastic producer called Rupert Christie, um, and I think it's the first album really that we've done that's been mixed and produced sort of like a pop album. The last two sort of sounded sort of like Bellahead do live and that was great and it was great that audiences could buy a CD that sounded you know, like our live performance um, this is the first time we've ever worked with a producer on the material for, for um, you know Rupert really got involved in terms of the arrangements and the sound of things and all that kind of thing so it is sort of sonically it's a departure from what we've done before um, but uh, I think we all think it's, it's, it's our best thing yet really which is a good job I mean if, if we didn't think that it would be, be rubbish wouldn't it <laughs> yeah so, in what ways did he help you in, in terms of the production? I mean, Rupert, he's, he worked with the Fisherman's Friend, so he has done some folky stuff mm-hmm. before, but he's not, he isn't himself a sort of big folky. Um, but, you know, we, we, we would play him an arrangement and he'd just go, the groove, that groove is too complicated there, or you just need to flatten out the bass line so it's just more sort of fall to the floor or whatever. So he'd come in with this sort of pop sensibility 
And uh, so he did change sort of grooves and drum parts and what have you. And Maybe it's flowing more. Yeah. So it's slightly cleaner in, in some terms, in terms of the actual production. I think for us as 11 people, we sort of throw a lot of 11 different opinions at the music often. And I think that's brilliant because it means that we have so many ideas all the time. But I think what Rupert did is sort of, he smoothed us over. Still <laughs> yeah, he did that, which was really helpful. And I think it shines through on the album. I think you can, you can tell that we've had that sort of fantastic sort of producer input um, yeah. And do you think that's contributing to you getting a little bit more airplay? I think it has to, because um, the, if you listen to the stuff that's played on mainstream radio, it's got a very, very um, sort of definite sound to it. And if you're from outside, that sounds quite difficult to get, uh, to get noticed by the radio station. So I think uh, working with a producer that knows how to create that radio-friendly sound... It's not just radio-friendly, it's the sort of thing that me, if you play a lot of folk albums in your car and you're going fast, it's brilliant music, but you can't hear it because it's quite quiet and, and, and subdued. This is the first one of ours that we've ever done that you can really, well, my awesome car stereo anyway, hear yeah. while you're driving along. Yeah. yeah. So you don't, you don't want to be coming up to a speed camera then while you're listening to Bellowhead on the uh, Well, luckily in my car I can't reach any speed that would probably do me any damage. But, but if you've got a decent car then, yeah, don't play it too loud. So how, how do you feel about being a little bit more mainstream, if you like, now? Well, it, it, was, the, it was our own goal, really. Um, uh, the band from the start has been about both experimenting and, and playing with the traditional material and taking it to as wide an audience as we possibly can. So the more mainstream we can take it, uh, you know, in terms of people accepting, listening to a genre of music they wouldn't normally listen to, mm. then it, you know, some of those people go, I like this, and then they've got the whole folk scene to explore afterwards. So mm. I think uh, that's something I'm quite proud of, and I think we, we all like to try and tempt people into the folk scene. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully attracting a, a new generation of fans. And players, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. So, and how have the, uh, the festival's gone this summer? Very well. We're on a run of uh, 11 of them at the moment, pretty much. So uh, this is day three. We've done a festival every day this weekend so far. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, the weather's held off this weekend for, most, for the most part. For the most part. <laughs> we, we, we had a few problems Thursday night. I think most people did on Thursday. Yeah. But Friday, Saturday, Sunday all over the country seems to have been a lot better and people are enjoying the weather in the sort of mud but not quite yeah. that's happened at the moment yeah. enough to get the uh, the festival spirit but without getting too inconvenient yeah there are wellies but you can actually use them again after the festival which is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so you've been camped on a tour bus now for yeah mm. this is the third day so yeah it's not not very long really it's more like a camping holiday when you get to the 11th day then it's yeah I wouldn't invite people on the bus after that <laughs> no there's 16 of us sleeping in a double decker bus and it's quite incredible you can put that, that sounds cosy yeah it is it is cosy but we're used to it now we're used to it it's good it's nice it's got a very flash television in it it comes up out of the floor it's like it's a James Bond it is a bit of James Bond you push a button all the windows close and the TV comes out the floor it's quite we're exciting. still incredibly <laughs> excited by it <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, that's what you get when you're mainstream now. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, the television in this port cabin? <laughs> yeah, but I don't think Wickham's quite got round to uh, television. I tell you what, Wickham has got, which is brilliant, is it's, it's the only festival that's got a ready-made carpet 
of straw, which is fantastic to walk around on because it's such a it's such a nice thing to have the the, the straw laid down everywhere. Oh, it's wonderful when it uh, chucked it down on Thursday. We had to we got the straw out, and by Friday the, the place was perfect again. So, so what next for Bellahead? Yeah, so we've got a new single coming out called Let Her Run, um, which is great. Um, Will it sell well in Gosport? It's not as specific as the last single was to Gosport, <laughs> I have to say, but they, you know, maybe if we've got fans there, they'll, 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 they'll still buy it. No, we've got a new single coming out, and of course we've got this 11-day tour, um, and then November is the album launch tour, and it's a, it's a big... A big sort of run of 20 dates all over the country. That's the revival um, album. The revival album, yeah. Also, yeah and Make sure uh, we get a plug in for that. Absolutely. Well, and also it's sort of a tour to celebrate our 10th year as a band as well. So the whole thing is going to be a massive celebration, um, and it's the biggest tour we've ever we've ever done as well. So that's that, and then yeah, and then just keep promoting the album basically, and keep getting revival out there. We hope you have enjoyed these special editions of the Wickham Festival podcast. The 2015 dates are the 6th to the 9th of August, and the lineup currently includes The Proclaimers, Wilco Johnson, 10CC, Seth Lakeman, and Billy Bragg. You can buy tickets online from ticketsouth.co.uk, and please check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Festival Wickham for all the latest news and lineup information.